And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Animaniacast. You mean Pinky make cargo room now? Welcome, everybody, once again to the Animated Cast. This, of course, is the podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs, as well as other shows within the Rugerverse, such as Tiny Toon Adventures, Pinky and the Brain, and Rikazoid. And today, we are reviewing yet another episode of the Animaniacs reboot. That's right, we're talking about the third episode of the third season of the reboot. Ah, it includes Planet Warner, Talladega Mice, and DIY. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. I have no idea what you're saying, but it's stressing me out. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Uh, yes, poor Nathan. This it, it did remind me. Uh, today's episode did remind me of taking my brothers on. Um, driving lessons and yelling at them uh, as they were driving. <laughs> but yes, uh, <laughs> today we are talking uh, about the, the third episode of the third season, the final season of the reboot, uh, which, like I said before, uh, has the segments Planet Warner, Talladega Mice, The Ballad of Pinky Brainy, and D.I.Y., and of course, today's episode premiered on February 17th of 2023. And uh, boy, if someone were to ask you about today's episode to, I don't know, just summarize it, to describe it in just a few words, uh, what would you say, Nathan? It's all about doing it yourself. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, talking about that. Yeah, it's true. And uh and Kelly, what about you? Hmm. Um I learned how a new character is made. There we are. Or at least how it, sh- it maybe shouldn't be made. But at any rate, <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, well, let's get uh right into our discussion, but before we do, we got to go over to Nathan for some very important a very important segment. Which, of course, is our February fun facts for February 17th. Nathan, hit us with the February fun facts for February 17th theme song, please. This song is called the February facts for February 17th. And it goes like this. And it speeds up now because it's going a little faster. And Nathan says <laughs> the way the song goes. And now we know some more facts about February 17th. Thank you. Yeah, what a great theme song. If you like that theme song, then make sure to stay tuned uh, to after our discussion today. Because we, of course, have another uh, segment. We tried, it again. we tried it last episode. And that, of course, is our Water Tower Trivia. Uh, we have another one of that coming up with these wonderful questions. Can't wait for the song that is just going to blow people's minds once again. You've written, yeah, I have it already written and ready. The, all the melody is all planned out. Oh, Excellent. Man. Okay, well, Nathan, 
please tell us uh, what are what are our February uh, fun facts for February seventeenth. All right. Well, going all the way back to nineteen thirty four, uh, there was a a cartoon called Honeymoon Honeymoon Hotel. It's a Warner Brothers Merry Melodies cartoon directed by Earl Duvall, and it was uh, released on February 17th, 1934. It's a seven-minute-long little thing, and it's all about learning how animation occurs. This is like a, one of those kinds of things. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's about a, a, a bug who, who checks into a hotel and catches on the hotel catches on fire. What? <laughs> this sounds very intriguing. Okay, what is this called again? Because I'm actually going to try to check this out. <laughs> okay, it's called... Honeymoon Hotel, and there's a there's also a song, Honeymoon Hotel, and who and who oh, there's also a song for it, and who which which studio did this? This is uh, Mary Melodies, uh, Mary Warner so Brothers. Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll... so it's it's very. I mean, it 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 in, on paper it it matches up with Warner Brothers because they're <laughs> it's true. It's about making a cartoon. Okay, we'll go with thing, so. Yeah, All right, there we go. check it Look, check it out, folks. Look that up. <laughs> Uh, um, all right. And then going on to 1960, another kind of Warner Brothers thing here. Uh, American rock duo, the Everly Brothers, signs with Warner Brothers Records on uh, a 10-year contract worth a million dollars. And I was like, I don't, I didn't know who the Everly Brothers is, but I've, I've definitely heard some songs. They're influence of the Beatles, even. So. Yeah, the Everly Brothers. I think they were actually cousins, actually. Um, oh wow! They they uh, they sang the song. Um, um, I don't know. One of them. Bye, bye, love. bye, bye, love. Yeah, yeah. Bye, 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 bye. happiness. Don't they also sing the song from uh, Ghost Unchained Melody? Uh, I don't think that was them. I think I don't Where think they? so. They did it. They did. That's a bunch the Righteous of songs. Brothers. My bad. Yes, oh. I was going to say that's. I, I was going to say that's different brothers. brothers. Yeah, different okay. brothers. So I'm All just going right. to say one million dollars in 1960, right? Yeah. Let's see how much. Okay, let's see how much one million dollars would be. That'd be like ten million dollars today. So that they did pretty well. That was a pretty good, especially because no one cared about giving any money to artists. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, finally, uh, in themes of doing it yourself, uh, 1995, the Brady Bunch movie was released. That was a movie they had to save their house by doing it themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that movie too. That is, uh, yeah. I, I think that movie. I wonder how well that would have aged. I think relatively well. We'll see. Uh, I, yeah. I would be curious about checking that movie out again. I really I liked it in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. There you go. February well, there's your there's your fun facts. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion of today's episode. Uh, first of all, today's variable verse was fair pay for trainees. Fair pay for trainees. And uh, Dot was given a lot of money to that uh, minimum wage worker right there. So, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Was he a trainee or it was like, what? He's just I wasn't quite like sure. Like, they were minimum they were... wage employees. Like, what? <laughs> it was a little bit confusing, but, uh, but Dot's willing to give any everybody, anybody and everybody, even on their first day when they're a trainee, a, yeah. a loads of cash. So, she's feeling very generous in this one. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and get to our first segment. You're still recording. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get to our discussion of our first segment right here, and it's called Planet Warner. Planet Warner. 
And Planet Warner was written by Lucas Crandles and Timothy Nash, and it was directed by by Brett Varon and Katie Rice. And uh, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Planet Warner? Okay. The, um, the episode's sort of like a nature documentary sort of thing, and it's looking into the lives of the, the Warner studio and the Warner siblings. There's narration going on. They kind of act like animals at different parts. But high above the asphalt plains, safe from the predators below, the Warners. Some stir gently. Others less so. Others still have risen already in search of food. This adolescent male requires upwards of 20,000 calories per day to survive. Wacko gets really hungry, and he doesn't say he's hungry, but, like, his stomach kind of becomes a character, sort of weird-looking thing, and they, they want to go in search of food. And then it also is showing what goes on behind the scenes of uh, the writer's room and sort of looking into the, the habitats of the writers and how they don't usually get into work until about noon. And then they... <laughs> Lie themselves in the writer's room and they kind of stare at each other trying to come up with ideas and reject ideas. And so one of them uh, goes to the, the dry erase board and then everybody kind of leans forward to see what she's going to write up there. And The creative process is long and arduous. <gasps> Many pitches will die in this room. She starts drawing papers out of like a hat, I think, and um, just sticking things up on the the board. So it's like a, oh, right. No, it's like a horned heron. Hamster boy or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hamster, horned heron. And it's, yeah, boy. And so they get all excited because now they've, they've got an idea. So they put um, that idea on a thumb drive. And one of the, one of the assistants, takes it to the animation department here in the heart of animation the deadline is king the porcine snout of the cunning wild boar the talons of the humble heron and the grace of the majestic hamster so he does it on the computer animates it sort of gets an idea of what it looks like the lady takes it to the executives because now it's like the next stage of things. And so Rita is there and um, she does this like, not a mating dance, but sort of like this weird uh, ritual. fingers. Yeah. Yeah. To sort of uh, assert her dominance in the wild. It kind of looked like West Side, West Side Story. West Side Story is what I was thinking, the sharks and the Well, the the snapping definitely did. Yeah. This ritualistic dance is an intimidating display of authority. The submissive posture of the producer does little to stem the tirade. And there's this tense moment, and then she closes the, the computer, and she does not like... The hog hair, yeah, it's hog yeah. heron hamster boy. Okay. There we she go. Doesn't, hog. She doesn't like, yeah. doesn't like the hog. 
So um, <laughs> the lady takes the laptop and like dumps it out into a trash can, and then the the character exists in, in real life now, sort of, and tries to get on a bus, but there's no money in his pockets, and they don't let him on the bus, and he's kind of sad and um just kind of wanders. So that's what happens to rejected animated yeah. characters, apparently. They're just roaming the earth now. <laughs> so um, back to the Warners, they um, they go in search of food and they see like a food truck or a kiosk. And I guess it's got churros. It looks like. No, not churros. Not Something churros. much more delicious, in my opinion. What was Tamale, it? Tamales. Oh, tamales. It Ooh, looked, it looked like I love Have you had tamales? I don't know. How, do they have tamales in Georgia? Ah, uh, probably, but I don't. Oh, I don't. I'm they have tamales. See here, I love tamales. I'm big in Tucson. Uh, we have a Tucson tamales. There's a Tucson Place. tamale company. Actually, it's pretty. Uh, actually, they sell their tamales all around the country. I think, but um, at uh, being at a the one of the best things about working at a school uh, is that it, it, there's uh, and having a high Hispanic population is that uh, there will be families. Uh, that just make tamales and then they'll sell them to the teachers for like 20, 25 bucks for a dozen. So I get like once a month, like handmade, like fresh tortilla uh, tamales, I should say. Oh my gosh. So delicious. I, they're, they're so, so good. Really like them tamales. Oh, they are great. Green corn tamales and beef mm-hmm. tamales. Oh boy. I'm telling you, you got to check the them out before lunch. Yeah. The Warners. I was very jealous <laughs> of those tamales that the Warners were eating. Cause I was like, I want them. Those look good. Anyway, <laughs> it just it, it made me think of churros and Disney World. So, because um, well, I got putting hot sauce on a churro would not be. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I've never had a churro, but I've got <gasps> friends that are always talking about the churros at Disney. But anyway, you know, okay. This no, we got to pause for a minute. What you've been to Disney World? I don't know how many times you've never had a churro. No, this is ridiculous. I get like funnel cake. We need to get well. It's. It's very I, different than a churro. Very different. But yeah. I know, but that, that's what I like to get when I Okay. Those. I think, the, I I like think the next... I like the Dole Whips and the Funnel Cakes. Okay, you got to get a churro next time you go because there, there has to be a churro intervention. Okay. I had churro popcorn for lunch today. <laughs> that's a random... Okay. That's weird. Anyways. Anyway. So <laughs> they, they try to go get the food, but um, the narrator is talking about uh, the Ralph and you know hopefully they don't attract the attention of the Ralph and the Ralph is a is guard station and then the narrator starts you know repeating and uh, in a louder voice yelling sort of and then Ralph wakes up and so the uh, the tamale guy sees Ralph coming and shuts down Ralph is uh, running towards the Warners with, with a net Meanwhile, the Warners are nimble. But the Ralph, fueled by the half-dozen pancakes he ate for breakfast, won't give up this chase easily. The Ralph has zeroed in on the oldest, most frail member of the herd. His capture is now a mere formality. Ralph uh, is chasing him, and then they do a roadrunner gag. Mm-hmm. Where, He's right about to catch Yakko, the oldest and weakest of the right or something. Yes, and so they do this uh, Roadrunner gag where he paints a, you know, the a hole in a wall. Uh, Ralph oh, yeah. gets flattened to the size of a pancake, and they do a little um, 
uh, Roadrunner beep beep uh, thing and run off. And I think they and just. Then it, yeah. Then it shows them back in the tower and they're stuffing their faces. Yeah. And there you go. Blacko's just eating the corn paper, though, or whatever. I think he's it's eating, yeah. Weird. I couldn't tell uh, if it was the, yeah, the, there's a, I thought at first it was the, um, the wrapping, the, the paper wrapping, but yes, the tamales are wrapped in a, a corn, um, uh, leaf. Husk what was it? The husk. Something. Yeah. Yeah, the husk of the corn. So he might have just been eating the, uh, disgusting, <laughs> not disgusting, but definitely not the part that you, the tamale you're supposed to eat. Um, but yes, yeah. There you go. Oh, shucks. Is uh-huh. that right? Shucking corn. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There's our first segment. Um, when it comes to cultural references, I guess the biggest one was the Planet Earth thing, right? With David Attenborough, guy. Uh, the uh, who's our who's our voice actor here? Who's doing a great David Attenborough? I think impression? it's Neil Ross, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did a fantastic job. He's the only real voice that you hear because all the other all the voice actors like are not really present in this one. It's all done with just a you know animal like sound effects noises um, for each character, even the humans, uh, which I thought was kind of a. I don't know, kind of a neat idea. Um, I liked the background music. Well, that's that's the Bernsteins right there. It was different from what we normally hear, and it was just really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's when it comes to cultural references, I think it was basically just what, Planet Earth, and then the, the I guess, the Roadrunner <laughs> thing. There's some, so that was, yeah. There's some oh, little art. I, yeah. Just like art sticky notes and things like that. Yeah, there like- was some clip art or kind of stuff from the Warners in the background, yeah. and I guess they kind of I, I don't know they're they're kind of referring to sequels that The Rock might do and stuff like that. Uh, so I guess that's a cultural but it was reference like as Aquaman. well. Aquaman. It was it was as if Rock was Aquaman because it was kind of oh weird. yeah <laughs> yeah. So I and and of course that I thought it was kind of cute that the executives are all like hyenas basically so yeah mm-hmm. there you go well at any rate um any other cultural references nathan uh neil ross was in the original animaniacs series who did a uh, narrator voice and jockey for position in super buttons so is well, an answer in those. yeah so he's back he's back baby <laughs> Well, uh, what did you like about this first segment? What did you notice that you, uh, it was funny or, or not funny or, or anything like that? Uh, Nathan, let's just start with you. Um, I thought it was uh, clever. I don't know. It was kind of a funny idea. I'm, gu- I'm guessing it must have been so easy for all the voice actors since they didn't have to do anything. I don't know if you get paid, though, for... I don't think so. <laughs> but I assume they get paid the same per episode. I think they, so. I think I and like, again, I think this is something I read that you can you as long as you voice a certain amount of characters per episode, you, you get paid that the same amount per episode. Yeah. It's, a, it's certain a certain amount like once you get past 3 or something, 2 or 3, I think you can do 2, maybe even right. 3. But once you get to 4 or 5 different characters, your amount goes up. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. At um, least that's what I heard once a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing it was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and yeah, it was kind of fun. Uh, there's some fun little jokes about, you know, making fun of uh, writers and making fun of uh, animators, uh, little poking fun at themselves, which is always a little fun. Uh, 
and traffic so bad in LA. <laughs> it is, and the one I I didn't really get the one hundred and one joke, but Nathan, being a former California yeah. resident, it can be really bad on the one hundred and one. It can be bad on all. <laughs> exactly. I was like, what's what's different with the one hundred and one versus any other freeway around rush hour? That's why my main thing. Yeah. I'll, yeah. They're all crazy. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what? Anything else you noticed in this that uh, you thought was amusing? Um, no, I think you mentioned it all, or, or Nathan did. So, all right. Well, yeah, this is uh, this this first one. It was uh, very much. I don't know. It felt like a, for the most part, like a regular episode, like a classic episode, I, su- I suppose, of of Animaniac. So I was pleasantly surprised, especially after the last two episodes that we've reviewed mm-hmm. to, to find this one was like, Oh, this one actually kind of feels uh familiar in a way. So, all right, let's go to move on to Talladega mice, the ballad of pinky brainy. And Talladega mice, the ballad of pinky brainy was written by Brad DePrima and directed by Matt Yang and Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in this Pinky in the Brain episode? All right. Well, Pinky manages to set some ball going on these sort of tracks and everything, and he manages to catch the mouse in the game of uh, Mousetrap, which is pretty awesome because he is a genius. Uh, (laughs) He figured out it's easier just to catch yourself. So smart Pinky there. Uh, meanwhile, Brain uh, decides to tell Pinky his plan for world domination, which uh, we don't actually really hear anything of it other than he's going to steal all the money out of Fort Knox. Uh, it's another episode <laughs> where the Brain needs money. Yeah, it's just like, well, let's just get money. I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's get a lot of money, and that's all we'll take. Right now, we're going to... Yeah, exactly. It's like... Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they do point out that they have done that before, but that's okay. I shall lead the army of cars under the gates of Fort Knox and steal the gold reserves one bar at a time. Fort Knox? Didn't we already do that plan, Brain? Yes, Pinky, but it was poorly conceived and executed. Besides, as Rudolf Steiner once said, one can ascend to a higher development only by bringing rhythm and repetition into one's life. I was hoping, like, I hope he's not... I hope that's not the writers saying that the other writers wrote a bad episode. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't so. I think, think so. Okay. I think it's more putting an homage to it, but it was poorly conceived because they got there and didn't think how to actually yeah. take it out of exactly. the Fort Knox. They, they just lifted only it up. about how to get into Fort Knox, but now so, he thought about how to get it out of Fort Knox. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I do miss those kinds of things where it, this, this season has been doing with the, the pinky in the brain where it's just like, I need money. Well, for what? Well, Mm-hmm. Give us, give us the funny uh, idea. Like, e- even if you're not going to sh- show it being executed at all, just tell us what it is. Because yeah. I don't know. I don't. I guess it's just too hard to come up with those ideas. When I just think, saying, Peter uh, Hastings could do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Charles M. Hal and things were. They were always like he talked about how much work they were like trying to get into it, and he presented to Tom Ruger. It's like I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Ruger's like just put him in a funny situation. Like it doesn't matter what the. Uh, uh, it reminds me of how like they like with uh, uh, Paul Rugg and and John P. McCann were talk about how we found out how Freakazoid turns. 
how 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 Dexter turns. <laughs> they spent like an entire day trying to figure out how Freakazoid turns into himself. Into Freakazoid, and, yeah. And he goes to Tom. What have you worked on today? We found out how he changes. It's like I don't care about that. <laughs> just get the funny stuff. <laughs> so yeah, they're just trying to get to the funny stuff, which is the driving thing. Okay, so yeah, exactly. so anyway. So. Um, yeah, so the whole, his idea is to steal these, uh, little cars that were made for mice. So like, really, it, it seems like a very lazy plan. <laughs> <laughs> Other times he's built a whole car that was like big enough for people to get it into. Now he's like, can't even build a mouse sized car for himself. But this one would take out individual bars of gold. I mean, how are they going to lift that bar of gold into the car to begin with is a whole know. other thing because that was the exactly. whole problem to matter. begin with. Okay. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, he's gonna get these remote warrior cars and uh, <laughs> an army of cars is what they're called. Yeah. So um, maybe the cars they, will lift them themselves because they're all robotic, so they could lift the gold. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Uh, they're gonna steal it from the Acme Institute of Technology, uh, where these uh, students have built some prototypes there. Uh, it's our second Roadrunner uh, and Coyote gag or reference in the yeah. same episode, by the way. The whole Coyotes at the Acme thing. So there you go. It's true. Uh, so they, they, they go at lunchtime because, of course, everyone's at lunch at that time. Oh, please. Feeling solidarity with another person simply because they're enrolled at the same institution is a form of rambunctious jingoism as detestable as any other vulgar bias. Well, aren't you a cranky little crash queen? Okay, you've said your fun words at my expense. Now come, Pinky. The robotics lab is in there. If all goes according to plan, everyone will be at lunch and the lab will be empty. What if they take a working lunch, Brain? You ever think of that? The, these cars are in this maze, and Brain has to scan the whole maze ahead of time, so he already knows all the turns to make. Um, but Pinky doesn't look like he can navigate well because he can't help but put it in his mouth. So Pinky will drive. Brain will navigate with his little map. Uh, unfortunately, Pinky is not handling the stress of Brain yelling at him constantly and also the car me- uh, measures how much stress the mouse has somehow and if the driving mouse is too stressed the car will break down pinky are you pondering what i'm pondering i think so brain but i've already tried pressing my belly's button and my tummy butler isn't responding no pinky it appears the car's behavior is linked to the driver's corticosterone levels your stress is what's causing the car to malfunction I have no idea what you said, but it's stressing me out. Um, I don't know. So, Brain has to find ways to make it so the driving isn't stressful for Pinky. So, he talks in a, a baby voice. Please make a weft, Pinky. He does uh, some impressions of some famous uh, actors. Do Christopher Lloyd! His voice relaxes me, Brain! Christopher Lloyd? Pinky, I'm not very good at impressions. Popularized in Coney Island at the dawn of the 20th century. And uh, he even uh, has a tickle fight. Now, <laughs> all right. <laughs> tickle, tickle. <laughs> and he holds Pinky's hand. And that's all that is. That's enough to get them through the maze and out. And um, unfortunately, Pinky is distracted by a red balloon and crashes the car and it explodes. So they just have to go back to the lab. And, and, and tomorrow night, they'll try to take over the world again, I guess. And then that's it. 
And the balloon, I had to rewind it a couple of times to find out where this sword balloon came from, but it came from the, the lab technician that blew Which, it up. And he has helium breath. He has helium breath. There's a whole other issue going on in that lab where <laughs> people are exhaling helium. Yeah. Uh, or nitrogen. You, you know, either way, Something. you're in trouble. You're in trouble either way. It's an alien, perhaps. Um <laughs> Although I did oh. like it when the technician dropped his smoothie and then just covered it with the napkin um, and walked away. Yeah. And walked away. I was like, <laughs> that did make me chuckle. Um, so yeah, this this episode has. I mean, like we mentioned the the Roadrunner Coyote thing, but I guess the the uh, cultural references of the 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 impressions that the brain has to do, uh, including uh, the who do who we have Doctor Emmett Brown. We had a. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, we had Morgan Freeman, we had Orson Welles, which uh, <laughs> brain saying, I can't do Orson Welles. <laughs> I can't possibly. Pinky. Um, but yes, uh, it was great to see uh, the uh, hear uh, Maurice LaMarche's uh, impressions. His Christopher Lloyd was actually very impressive. I thought that was r- <laughs> really, really good. Um, and uh, let's see, they also refer to... Uh, Bumblebee, <laughs> yeah, from the Transformers R- movie. It rhymes with Bumblebee. Bumblebee rhymes with Bumblebee. <laughs> An army of robotic cars. I like the one that's the color of a bumblebee brain. What was its name? It rhymes with Bumblebee. No, Pinky. This is vastly different. True, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, pretty much it. I mean, it's uh, for cultural cultural references, but there's a lot of uh, cute stuff in this uh, this one. Uh, Kelly, what did you like in this uh, Pinky in the Brain segment? I thought the impressions were funny, um, and that he asked him to do an Orson Welles, which was hilarious. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> liked his uh, his his impressions. I really like Pinky's like freaking out. There's this part where mm. uh, Rob is just like just screaming as Pinky, and uh, that it just I you know listened and watched this episode many times, and that one really just made me smile each time was just hearing his delivery of those lines was quite funny. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, their chemistry there. I, I guess it's shipping them again, but them holding hands and tickle fighting. There you go. is another, I mean, I guess it, it was kind of weird. I'm sure that some people all, would probably also sexualize the whole putting your finger in the other person's mouth. Oh yeah. Kind of thing. I thought that, yeah, I was like, I assume they were going to be holding it, yeah, and then immediately just puts it in his mouth. It which is so weird. Which is kind of super weird, but it's it it first I'm like, what the heck? And I'm thinking, okay, he's doing it kind of like sucking a thumb, and it, mm-hmm. it and it reminded me how like one of my dogs, whenever I get home, he has to like put my hand in his mouth, like <laughs> he will literally mm-hmm. go to sleep. He he will go to sleep with my hand in his mouth, and he'll just fall asleep on the couch. Because he, he, he will not be relaxed until he's able to do that. So I was just like, okay, this is like me and my dog. But I'm sure it would be very, uh, uh, yeah, with the way the internets are, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that many people uh, took that the wrong way or perhaps the right way. I'm not exactly sure the intent on that uh, that moment in today's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but Have you seen... In the movie Talladega Nights, is there anything about? <laughs> I have seen it, and I have not. I did not see any shake and bake and or anything like okay. that, other like... than that it was racing. Um, I do. I do think there was a possible 
maybe South Park reference in this one where the the uh, after the bridge goes away and burns in the lava, uh, the brain says, and it's gone and it's gone. And to me, that was like, oh, is that like the South Park one where he's the banker is moving all the money around? And We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest and it's gone. Probably I, not. I but. doubt that, but that's what it brought to my mind. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a pretty good pinky in the brain. Uh, I did think that the the brain, you know, kind of trying to be nice to pinky was was interesting and uh him you know the whole tickle fight kind of thing was was nice because you you again you do see that the brain does care about Mm -hmm. pinky and just is it kind of loses himself when he's just you know despite himself he can't even when they're in such a serious situation he's like oh no we're having fun you know that was that was cute so (laughs) At any rate, uh, Kelly, Nathan, anything else that you you noticed in this segment that you'd like to talk about? Nope. Nathan. No. Okay, we're gonna move on then. Let's go to the last segment, and this is called DIY. And DIY was written by Kathleen Chen and Brian Polk. Was directed by Matt Yang. And in this one, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are going to a framing store because they have some fan art that they want to get framed. It's fan art. Isn't it, Fabu? See, they gave me a huge... Anyway, we'd like to get it framed. But um, Yakko, uh, of course, gets into this philosophical debate, or at least statement, that an Ivy League education isn't really worth much money. And it offends the framing person, so they kick him out of the store. And so they say, so Dot thinks, well, we just make it ourselves. It's homemade, home-crafted, and home-fries. That's it. You just gave me an idea. I can just make us a frame. We'll DIY it. DIY? Back in the day, they called that making stuff because you had to. It proceeds to go into a song about how you can make a you know everything yourself you can just uh, you, all you need are these things and um she lists off a whole bunch of expensive things and then uh, proceeds to show about how the the final product is not that great but you but you made it you'll need some wood of spinning blades and paper and nails paint and first aid voila you see you did it all for free wacko does the same uh, talking about how you could, you know, make your own, uh, like a vase or pottery or something like that. And he kind of smashes some things together and takes people's flowers and, and pots and stuff like that and ends up making something not so great. But, you know, you just need a lot of hot glue and uh, paint. And, uh, of course, Yakko then sings his part, which is about uh, getting a pool. And so they take the parking lot that's in front of the water tower and they flip all the cars out and make a big ugly hole in the ground and fill it with a fire hydrant uh, water and I'll go swimming in the disgusting pool. This of course makes everybody very upset. Uh, and they, that ever, you know, cause people have been wronged through the, through the zaniness of uh Yakko, Wacko and dot. So they throw them all into the water tower. And as they do dots frame that she made 
breaks. My beautiful, terribly made frame! Well, I guess the next time we want something for free, we'll just ask our fans to do it and disguise it as a social media initiative. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, what are some things that you noticed in this that you liked? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. Um, I like that I learned how to make a frame and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the song was, uh, good. I liked that. I thought it had a, the beat was, uh, better than last week's at least where it was like, not so slow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, it was like oh, the, uh, an, an up-tempo song. Yeah, wow. exactly. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Like do it yourself. Yeah. All right. And then, yeah. So, um, I mean, I thought it was a little mean to some of the people, but I'm glad, I'm glad they, I guess, got back at them. But yeah, I did feel bad were... about this like woman that's not even doing it. I remember we were looking at the trailer, I'm like, oh man, she must be the bad guy in this episode that they <laughs> flip her into the air. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were off on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Kelly, what about you? Oh, I was not a big fan of it. Ah, I just did, I don't know. I just didn't like the song that much, and um, uh, but I did think it was funny that they were going to turn to the the fans and have them make <laughs> yeah. a frame for them. Yeah, uh, I I just did I did like the the commentary on do it yourself projects where it's like, why are people even doing these things? Uh, they're so <laughs> so trendy right now, but. Literally, you have to put in so much time and money and effort to make something that honestly usually doesn't even look that great. Uh, I see them on the internet all the time where it's like somebody makes this, you know, you name it, uh, and they paint it themselves and everything. And at the end, I'm like, yeah, but I know you get a lot of pride of making it yourself, but also you could just go down to the store and get something a lot more durable and (laughs) something that, uh, but, you know, whatever. It's yeah. I mean, they they have done studies. You do like things that you made yourself more. It's a higher value than something. I, I mean, it makes sense. But then even like IKEA furniture and stuff like like IKEA furniture, things like that. If you bought it in the form that you made it, you pay a lot less than the version that you made yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like like oh, after I made it, yeah. Like this is such a good table, but. If you were just to buy the table from someone else at the exact same quality, you would pay a lot less money. That is true, probably, because IKEA (laughs) furniture itself is pretty bland and not much to it, right? So, yeah, Yeah. there you go. Well, I think let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, out of five water towers, how many would you give today's episode? Nathan, why don't we start with you this time? Okay. Um, you know what? I'll I'll be I'll say four water towers. Why not? Whoa. I think it's my favorite this season so far, and uh, yeah, uh, based on the second season, or you know, this uh, the reboot. I think it's uh, definitely on the higher side. Like it's it was enjoyable. So. Okay, Kelly. What about you? I I think I'll go with four as well. Um, the the first Warner segment and Thinking the Brain were really strong. Um, this is one of the best Warner segments uh, I've seen in the reboot in a long time. I think. Um, 
but because uh, it, it really felt like a classical one and um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think I will actually give this one. I'll be, I'll be. I was going to get three and a half, but in the in the spirit of triple agreements, I will give it a four as well <laughs> for this one. Triple agreement, triple agreement. <laughs> this um, might, I think this is the highest rated episode. <laughs> no, I mean, one that there there uh, was one other there's, one. There's two others. I think that got four as the highest. Okay, uh, on average. So there we go. And if we can at least get one is... episode per season like this, then I guess we're good. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll get more. It's early in the season for us watching these, so hey, yeah. we might there might be another four or even higher. What? Ooh. Maybe not, but we'll see. Uh, but yes, this one does seem like a lot more like in tune with the original series. And I will say, you know, the one thing that I almost gave this kind of a 3.5 is, is, is the fact that the, the, the first episode, the first segment, I thought they could have put in the actual voice actors making animal noises or something. I thought that would have been a little mm-hmm. funnier than actual just random sound effects. Um, but you do get a sense of, I guess, uh, how horrible writers' rooms are, <laughs> and because uh, you know, Paul would talk to me about you know how how much he that is not how the original Animaniacs was written, and it really makes me just wonder with the show, like, gosh, I really wish that they, um, that they just brought in. I mean, how hard would it be just to bring in some more of the classic characters instead of trying to make the gnome in your mouth or Starbucks and Cindy and stuff. And then I was thinking of this whole pitch thing. And so you're telling me that you guys pitched the gnome that comes out of people's mouths and that got approved. <laughs> like really that over, over bringing maybe slappy back or over even... hog hair and hamster boy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What? Um, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, confusing cause, uh, I've heard of the, the pitching and acceptance of like, you know, having to pitch the original series to Spielberg and, and Spielberg saying which characters are okay and which characters weren't. And I don't know, did, was, was Spielberg the one that said that, that the gnome in people's mouths was okay? <laughs> I, he must have. Right? I doubt it. Okay. I think well, he would give a final approval though, right? I would imagine. I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Some if, shows he's a lot more personally involved than others. So it sounds crazy. like, from what I've ta- what I've heard, and and is that Spielberg was sounded like he was a lot more involved in this than the original series, at least in in some aspects of it. Um, I don't know. So I I don't know. I'd love to find out. Did Spielberg give final approval? But, I mean, and, some of those other and that's not saying because. Uh, that's just like what what did he disagree with? You know, like what did he disapprove? It's like that was the best, right? That he <laughs> and 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 did they and did they have an idea? I mean, I kind of doubt they did, based upon what yes. I know about the people who are behind the show who didn't really like this original series that much. I kind of doubt that they uh, came to Spielberg like, hey, we we think we could bring Slappy back, and Spielberg saying, no, don't, no, let's not do Slappy anymore, or, let's not do Mindy and Buttons anymore. I think it was more of, you know, decisions by, you know, Wesley Wilde and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, they want to do their own show, kind of. You know, they don't want yeah. to just repeat a show that someone else did. They want to make it their right. own. Right, right. But, yes. At, at, at any rate, that that was the only kind of thing that made me scratch my head with this 
particular episode. But still, I'll give it a four just because, again, it's one of the definitely for the reboot, especially uh, one of the stronger ones that that at least gets close to (laughs) what we're uh, familiar with in the classic series. So there we go. Well, before we close things up, it's time for our new segment, Water Tower Trivia. And Nathan, give us the theme song to Water Tower Trivia. What are you talking about? What are you saying? It's Water Tower Trivia for you. Thank you. And in this, we have 10 questions from the quiz book called uh, Enemy in the X Trivia Quiz Book. Which can be found on uh, Amazon, written by a fan, uh, and uh, I will not change the questions. Some of the questions are uh, written kind of uh, not so uh, well, but that's okay because it just adds to the difficulty level. Ooh! Mm-hmm. So I believe last time we played, did we start with Kelly? Start with we... Kelly last. So time. we're going to start with Nathan. I want to be number one. I don't want okay. the Yakko's World questions. Okay, Yakko's World. Yakko, see, you're already getting that wrong. Negative. <laughs> you're going to start with negative a negative point. point. Negative one point already. This is not good, Nathan. Okay. Oh, so we're going to go start off here. Quiz number two. Question number one. Which of the following is ooh? Uh, okay. Uh, this is, <laughs> is this exactly how it's written? Because you said you say it exactly how it's this written. Is, I'm going to read this exactly how it's written. Okay. Oh, boy. Which of the following is not one of the alternative lyrics to the Animaniacs theme song? Nathan? That's, that's the... Oh, <laughs> so which of the following is not an alternative lyric mm-hmm. to the Animaniacs theme song? Yep. Okay. Um, I'll say, uh, going insane I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Okay. The Kelly correct answer was the oh, correct. Kelly conceal. Kelly oh conceal. yeah. I'm sorry. Kelly, do you have an answer? Whoa. Ask the question again. Oh, oh, it's a good question. Which of the following is not one of the alternative lyrics to the Animaniacs theme song? That's your question. But there's no yep. choices. Yep. I guess it might be a yes or no question. You could try answering <laughs> that way. That is the question. I, and what's I your have answer? No, I have no idea. The correct answer is down the drainy, folks. Come uh, on. Now, well, technically, technically, the author did not even provide that as one of the choices. But, you know... Yeah, I don't think going insane is one either. So no, I don't think that so. could have gotten a point. Um, okay, or just the answer no um, is also a good point. So you both get one point. Very good. <laughs> so Nathan, you're at zero, and Kelly, you're at one. Who's at one? <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Kelly, this next question is for you. Which of the following have the Warners not sung about? <laughs> Oh, no. They haven't. I I don't know. All right. Nathan. I can try to steal. Okay. Yes, go and steal. Um, I'll say, uh, oh, man. Um, making, uh, oh, uh, cap. So many things. Okay. Uh, the Washington Monument. 
that is both incorrect, but since uh, the answer is timeline of world history, but since, once again, they did not provide any answers, we're both going to give you points because they both did not sing hey. about those. So, <laughs> Kelly's at a two, Nathan's at one. Oh, it's a good thing we didn't mention, like, uh, something that they did sing about. All right, Nathan, which like song... <laughs> another, another horrible question. I mean, great question. Which song here is not an Animaniacs song about geography? Okay. Um, probably What We Eat. <laughs> okay. Nathan, or, uh, that's not about geography, so I'm not going to give you a point on that. Uh, what wait, We wait, Eat. So the song is not about geography? It's not, it's not about geography. Which of the is not an Animaniacs song about geography? Okay, yeah. Okay, well, it's true. It's true. Answer. It's not about geography. Okay. We'll yeah, give you a point, my... but that's not it. Uh, okay. K- Kelly, any any possible answer for that one? Video review. That is also a good answer. We'll both give you points. However, the answer was... Okay. Dot, d- good answer, good answer. Uh, but the correct answer that he's looking for is Dot's Waterworld. What? <laughs> yeah, just, just go with it. All right, number four. Okay, this actually might be something you could actually uh, figure out if you have a really good memory. Uh, I believe this goes to Kelly. Kelly, I think. Mm-hmm. Kelly, which president do we see talking to Dr. Scratch and Sniff? Oh, I don't know why this is, actually. I could, I, after I see the answer, especially, now I know what this is. What president do we see talking? Although, I I will say, I don't know if they, uh, nope, okay, I got to keep it the exact same. Yeah, you got to, you don't say anything. You don't say anything. Too much. Yeah. What president do we see talking to Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Kelly? Is it Bill Clinton? No, that is incorrect. Nathan, this is your chance to tie. Is it is it Ronald Reagan? That is correct. <laughs> it was in the first in the, episode, right? In the picture, right? In the, in the pictures, picture. yes. Yeah. Actually, oh, guessing. not even in the pictures. Just in person, remember maybe. he says he goes i i believe he wasn't a president at the time but he was just <laughs> a, a movie star so yeah there you go he was actually talking to him there there we okay. go okay cool i stole it yes yes now we're okay nathan yako mentioned one city during the song you know the song what city was it this is yako mentioned a city yes yako mentioned one city during the song what city was it? Mm. Um, oh, man. Uh, I'll say Washington, D.C. Okay, Kelly, do you have an answer to steal? That is incorrect, okay, Nathan. Um, no, nothing pops in my head. You can name S- any song. It might be San. San Juan, Puerto Rico. Oh. Is that in the nations of the world? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because Puerto Rico. Okay, there we go. Okay. So, back to Kelly. We're still tied. Which character likes to say Fabu? Wacko. That is correct. Okay. Number seven for Nathan. Slappy and Skippy go back to the 1700s for Frontier Skippy. Or sorry, Frontier Slappy. Who wants to cut down her tree for his house? The bad guy. 
the bad guy. They sing about him. Oh, I shouldn't say uh, that. It's clues. Uh, the Davy Crockett. I can't remember. <laughs> like Kelly. I'm sorry, Nathan. That is incorrect. Oh, okay. Kelly, for your chance to steal and take the lead. Um, who was Miles Standish? No, that was, of course, in Turkey Jerky. But oh. in Frontier Slappy, it was Daniel Boone was a great big man. Yes, mm. a great big man. Daniel Boone is the correct answer. Daniel Boone. So we're, I believe we're, we're tied still. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy, oh boy, this is going down to the wire. I Number didn't get eight. That negative one point. I would. <laughs> oh, no, Nathan. I know. Jeez. All right, Nathan. Or actually, uh, our, we're going to Kelly. It's Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Kelly. Okay. Kelly, Kelly, which group performs in the Pigeon on the Roof cartoon? Which group performs in the Pigeon on the Roof cartoon? Um, I don't know. Okay, Nathan, your chance for the um, lead. Can which I say group? The, good feather, the Good Feathers? That is correct. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they are. That was the group. I, I was overthinking it. You're overthinking. Yeah, I, you you got to throw in an answer of some sort of the the thing. You got to start thinking like the author. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's not that complex, or sometimes it's very complex because there's not many answers. <laughs> Pick from this choice of infi- infinite answers. Number yeah. nine. What was the final sentence in the cartoon? <laughs> That's all we have. Uh, Nathan, okay. what, was, what was the final sentence in the cartoon? I'll say, good night, everybody. Okay. Um, Kelly? That is incorrect, by the way. Yeah, I figured. If you're going to Kelly. <laughs> Kelly? Um, so, what is uh, Citizen Kane? No, that's not the No, um, I don't know. Now that's comedy. There you go. You know, in the cartoon. Uh, which number 10, we go to Kelly. And again, Kelly. are we are we tied at the end? Right I think here? I'm up by one point. So this could, this could tie it and, and we'll Kelly just leave it. it as a tie like soccer. Here we go. Kelly, hmm. w- what is Slappy's only full-length episode called? Woodstock Slappy. I'm Isn't sorry. That, I'm sorry. That is one. not a full-length cartoon. A full-length Nathan, for the win, to I'm seal the deal. Yes. All right. But um, what is the answer? The answer what? is, uh, Slappy goes to the crazy house. <laughs> That's Slappy gets uh, dementia. Slappy gets dementia. The correct answer, well, Nathan is referring to the episode entitled... I- one flew over the cuckoo clock, mm. but See, I, knew, even, I knew which one it was. But I well, well unfortunately, we can't give you a point. But Nathan, you still won yeah. this round. <laughs> well, there you go. There's our thing of water tower trivia, a very confusing trivia game. Hope you enjoyed that. Hey, let's get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people find you online? Joey, I'm on Twitter, JangoFT. That's me. All right, and Kelly, what about you? I am also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. All right, as for the Animating Cast, we're on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram and other 
podcast players, you name it, we got it. Hey, subscribe to us there. Become a patron over at patreon.com slash animaniacast for great stuff and things. And you'll you, and you'll support our show too, which is also fantastic. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying Good night everybody. Good night everybody. Good night everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. We have a busy day ahead of us. <gasps> I'm going to college! I can't believe it! I don't even remember taking the ABCs!